for joining me here on a Friday after some news happened earlier today that is gripping the entire country somehow we are going to talk about sports for the next hour got a way to distract myself from the news that happened earlier today because you don't come here for that here are people who come here to hear my, my thoughts on the the big national news involving Roe v. Wade they don't want they don't care no no nope. mm-hmm. Honestly, we all need a break. This is a nice break for all of us. Well, we need a break and a drink and maybe yeah, something else where's, to, to where's ease the, the tension. Beer today, Wicked? Where's, where's the, the beer? Where's the damn white claw? That's what we need in here. You're right. You talked with Heather this morning. Uh-huh. Where's the confluence hookup? Heather, if you're listening, where, where's She's it at? She's watching. She's streaming us on the uh, ESPN <laughs> Des Moines Facebook page, actually. <laughs> My partner on uh, Laser 103.3. Um... So yeah, we, this is not a place to come and chat about anything political, so I will not go down that road with you. Uh, i got about 47 stories to distract me, <laughs> to distract myself from getting into anything that you don't want to hear about. I will start with last night's uh, NBA draft, and uh, a bit of a surprise at the top, Paolo Boncaro, the big man, the guy who's got... An already NBA body from Duke goes number one. Upset. I mean, the the vague, when Woj tweeted out when ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski tweets out, you know, Jabari Smith going to go number one to Orlando. That changed all the betting odds. It was crazy. And then Paolo Boncaro goes number one uh, out of Duke. I don't know. I didn't. I, I I feel like it's easy just to say ah, Duke player is going to be a bust. Didn't see a ton out of uh, Paolo to me that says superstar worthy of number one, but. When you're Duke and you've got all those other guys, you know, if you put Paulo Boncaro on, like, Iowa, we're here in Des Moines, he's probably a superstar, much like the guy who went number four. We'll get to him in a second. We'll see. We will see. That's what uh, sports talk hosts say when they don't have any way to transition to the next uh, thought. Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren, who I think, he's like seven foot two, and I think he weighs as much as I do. He is a skinny guy. Goes number two to Oklahoma City. And if you're OKC, I mean, I think they had like 17 draft picks over the next like three NBA drafts, five NBA drafts, whatever. You got to swing for the fences, I feel like. And they did. You know, if Chet Holmgren turns out to be, and the comparisons are being made, and a lot of my friends who are Milwaukee Bucks fans were pissed about this. But the comparisons were being made between Chet Holmgren and Giannis from the Bucks, and people were livid. I'm like, whoa, 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 go back to draft night Giannis, when he was skinny as a rail Giannis, when he was completely undeveloped Giannis, when he was raw Giannis. That's the Giannis you can compare Chet Holmgren to. The difference between the two, I think, right now, that stands out the most from an offensive game is Chet Holmgren is a good three-point shooter. I think he shot about 40% last year uh, for Gonzaga, whereas Giannis can't shoot, still can't shoot. But he got better, he got more dominant, you saw what he did with his body. The question about Holmgren, who, again, I think weighs as much as I do. I weigh 175, 180. He's, you know... 19 years old, seven foot two. I think he may, may, may weigh a little more than me. Can he put on the weight? Just from my uneducated eye, you know, as in under his eye, it doesn't look to me like Chet can handle 30, 40 pounds like he's going to have to put on over the next few years. You know, the way he looks now will not be the way he looks three years from now. Just like if you watch Giannis transition or from a skinny dude to the, the ripped Adonis that he is now, like he transformed his body. Chet Holmgren's going to have to figure out a way to do the same thing. I don't think he could. It just doesn't look like the kind of frame that can handle that much weight. And then Jabari Smith, the big man from Auburn, who everybody thought going into the draft, late into the draft yesterday, goes three to the Rockets. But then, the big news for people around here, let's talk about it. Could Keegan Murray, the pride of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the guy who had one of the greatest jumps from one year to the next, 
when he went from his, what, his sophomore to his junior season, could not believe. I mean, if you live in Iowa, you know. You watched everything that Keegan Murray did this year, where he averaged 24 points a game, fourth best in the country. When he scored 20, uh, over 20, 20 times in the 35-game season, where he was an all-Big Ten player of the year candidate, lost to Wisconsin's Johnny Davis. Where he was an All-American. Like, you watched Keegan Murray. And there was all this talk, like, is Keegan Murray going to go in the first round? And then he got better all year. Is Keegan Murray going to be a lottery pick? And there was some ridiculous thought that Keegan Murray would come back. Some people believed that there was a chance he would come back. No, no, no. You don't have that year. Raise your stock that much and go back to Iowa City. And then last night, we heard it. Adam Silver made the announcement when the Kings were on the board. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Keegan Murray from the University of Iowa. He goes number four to the uh, Sacramento Kings, the highest drafted Iowa player ever. The last time a player was drafted anywhere near this, 1971, Fred Brown went back in 71 to the Seattle Supersonics. And kids, if you're listening, kids, there used to be an NBA team in Seattle. They're now in Oklahoma City, but they used to play their games in Seattle. One of the most storied franchises in basketball history, the Seattle Supersonics. But that was the last time anybody went anywhere near this high out of Iowa. And again, Keegan Murray, good dude, comes from Cedar Rapids. Afterwards, he told ESPN Radio how he fits into the uh, the Sacramento Kings offense. Yeah, for me, I feel like I'm able to adapt to different roles. Um if it's scoring, scoring the ball that night, if it's doing different things, getting guys open, things like that, I feel like I'm able to adapt to different roles. Um, it's not all about putting the ball in the basket. I feel like that's uh, my way of winning, um, and I'm unselfish. Um, and we, There's a lot of great players on the Kings right now, so I'm excited to get to work. You know, there, I can go back. This is <laughs> There's not a lot of household names coming out of Iowa that have been drafted into the NBA. Chuck Darling was picked ninth back in 1952. Uh, Ronnie Lester was taken by Portland in 1980. John Johnson in 69-70 when the Hawks went 14-0, and goes uh, seventh to the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 1970. You know, not, there haven't been a lot of great Iowa basketball players to go to the NBA. B.J. Armstrong won three titles with the Bulls. He was the 18th pick back in uh, 1989. Roy Marble, 23rd pick by the Atlanta Hawks that same year. A.C. Earl, 19th pick back in 1993. But now Keegan Murray, a first-round pick and the highest-drafted Hawkeye in the history of the program here in the modern era, which is which is great. Um, I've, I've criticized Fran McCaffrey a lot on this show. I think first weekend Fran has proven that he doesn't have the ability to make any sort of adjustment from the regular season to when it matters most and get to a Sweet 16. Fran can't do it. He hasn't done it yet. He didn't do it before at Siena. He didn't do it here in Iowa. But I got to give Fran credit because if Fran had a lot to do with this, and you would imagine the head coach of the Hawks did have a lot to do with the improvement from two years ago to last season for Keegan Murray. He's, here's what Murray had to say about his improvement under Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, no, he gave me the green light from the get-go. Um, and for me, that was just, for me, to use that to my advantage. I worked hard in the offseason. But more than anything, it was mental, um, knowing that going into every game, I had to be my best. Um, be able to play 40 minutes a game. So, for me, it was all mental. I mean, praise be to Fran McCaffrey for that improvement because that dude, Fran just made Keegan Murray a whole bunch of money, <laughs> all right? Because a couple of years ago, remember the Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp team that got bounced by Oregon in the NCAA tournament? Where was this at? I mean, I know it takes guys time to develop, but the athleticism of Keegan Murray would have been so valuable if he got the green light two marches ago to do what he did in the regular season for Iowa this year. And, of course, they got bounced early. No real surprise. Fran McCaffrey can't get this team to a second weekend in the NCAA tournament. But whatever he unlocked, whatever he unleashed, whatever that green light was, props to Fran McCaffrey because you made Keegan Murray a ton of money. ESPN's Jay Billis, actually. I mean, I, I know that before the draft, he was asked about who's the most NBA-ready player in the upcoming NBA draft. Here's more from Jay Billis. He's an older player. He's 22. 
uh, made a tremendous improvement from last year to this year. He averaged seven points a game two years ago. This year, averaged 24. Uh, he can really run. Uh, he's a good defender. He's got great hands. He's not going to be on your Instagram feed with highlight dunks and all that, even though he dunks a lot. But he makes the right play over and over again. So while he's not spectacular in anything he does, at the end of the game, his numbers are spectacular. And I think Sacramento made a really good pick at number four. Billis said that Keegan Murray going into the draft two days ago or yesterday morning, that Keegan was the most NBA ready, and then he follows it up right there. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know that much about Keegan Murray. I'm sorry, about Sacramento and the offense and the roster, because honestly, I don't. Who watches the Sacramento Kings? I haven't watched the Kings play since Bobby Jackson and Vlade Divac and Peja Stoyakovic. Those are some great teams, by the way. That was a fun roster to watch. And they got jobbed by the referees in the Western Conference Finals because the NBA wanted... Kobe and Shaq to go play in the NBA Finals. But if Sacramento, who seemingly is fit, I mean, they they traded away Tyrese Halliburton from the, the Iowa State product, who was fantastic. I don't know what the Kings' plan actually is, but by adding Keegan Murray, they have their small forward that you can actually now build around. Great pick by the Kings to go number four to Keegan Murray, uh, to go grab Keegan Murray, and again, Props to Keegan for working his tail off. He had one other college offer when he was coming out of Cedar Rapids. And it wasn't Indiana. It wasn't Duke. It wasn't Carolina. It wasn't Michigan State. It was Western Illinois. Keegan Murray went from one offer outside of the Hawks of Western Illinois to the NBA, to the fourth pick, to a lottery pick, to a guy who's going to make a boatload of money. So... Props to Keegan Murray. Props to the Hawks for developing him. And and good luck in Sacramento. We will all be watching you here in Iowa, specifically here in Des Moines. All right, moving on. I got about 12 more topics to get to. Again, if you are coming for any sort of... (laughs) If you are coming for anything about the big news in the world today, I will not provide any opinion on it. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicketts. You can DM me if you'd like on social media, and we can chat about it. Hello, if you're watching on the uh, the Facebook page, to Trish and Doug and Judy, and Bill, Dave, Stacy, Kevin, Joe just jumped in as well. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, one of the big stories we talked about last week, the Live Golf Tour, nabbing all these guys from the PGA. Well, they got another big name. A four-time major champ this week has defected. I'm telling you. This is going to be some trouble for the PGA Tour. We'll talk about who has jumped next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One hundred two one FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wickett, here on a Friday, praise be to you and under his eye. Kira is on the other side of the board. Correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have Cubs baseball in like 20 minutes, right? Correct. Okay, it's tonight. It's tonight. Got it. Just making sure. I was like, I'm going to probably start fitting some stuff in here that I want to get into. (laughs) No, (laughs) you're good. Can I ask who the Cubs are playing tonight? I no, should, you may not. I should really do this before the show begins. <laughs> I swear to God. I should do this before the show begins, and I should do it maybe during the timeout. Now, I do this every week, too, do you, don't I? You know. Yeah, yeah. There. Well, yesterday they played the Pirates, but that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> According no, K- to Kira, Bing. That does not help me whatsoever. <gasps> What's up? They are in St. Louis. Ah, Cubs and Cards coming up tonight. What time is the first pitch? Ooh, 7.15. All right. 7.15 our time? Well, so they're yes. on our time anyway. Yeah. St. Yeah. Louis. I think St. Louis. Uh, according to Bang, uh, St. Louis is favored to win, so. Well, the Cardinals are a much better team. The Cubs, listen, I realize we're the home for the Chicago Cubs here in Des Moines. The Cubs are barely above being a minor league team. All right? <laughs> they are! They're, they're, they're better, like... There's a lot of talent waiting to come up through the ranks in the next few years. 
The I-Cubs have a lot of talent. The Chicago Cubs don't. I have a bunch of friends who are Cubs fans, and they are livid with this season. <laughs> Absolutely livid with this season. Although I did find it really odd. Remember last week, we were they were getting ready to play the Braves in that series, and the Braves had won 14 straight, and the Cubs had lost 10 in a row. You know who won the first two games in that series? The Cubs. Hey. It's baseball. It's a weird game. My old partner, Doug Russell, up in Milwaukee, that I used to work with 15 years ago. He used to look at me sometimes. We'd have all these anomalies in baseball, and he would be like, you know, Mike, baseball's a funny game. And it is. It's the strangest game of them all. The parks are all different. It, the, the, the heights of the walls are all different. Everything else, every other sport, you know, the field is this wide. The, it's the Baseball's so strange. You can use your own equipment if you want. You can't. I mean, really? Baseball's very strange. So we'll have Cubs and Cards coming up tonight about 640 for the, uh, for the pregame with Zach Zaidman and then Pat and Ron will have the first pitch for you right here on ESPN Des Moines. So last week we spent a lot of time because last week leading up to the U.S. Open, there was a lot of discussion about the Live Golf Tour and the players that were leaving, whether it was Dustin Johnson or Phil Mickelson, a guy named Kevin Na, Patrick Reed was making the move, Bryson DeChambeau was making the move. And then this week... I was surprised to see this, but Brooks Kepka is on his way to the Live Golf Tour. He's 32 years old, and I have said, listen, I am in no way to judge what your feelings are on the human rights element of all of this, that Saudi Arabia, who has all the money in the world, I mean, I think I saw they have like $600 billion or something ridiculous in that ballpark to spend on the Live Golf Tour. That's how much money Saudi Arabia really has. They could buy everybody if they wanted. All right? They could just buy everybody, bring them over if they wanted to. And there are plenty of guys who are saying, no, we make enough money. We prefer the the, the history and the prestige of the, the PGA Tour. But Brooks Kepka going over there, that's a big deal. Now, I know he hasn't been, you know, four-time major winning Brooks Kepka. In a couple of years, but still to get that guy. And now Kepka becomes the eighth of the top 50 players in the world to make the move over to the Live Golf Tour. Eight out of 50 in the first two weeks. I mean, that's a pretty good chunk because, again, I don't care what you think of the human rights element and all of this, which does factor into a lot of people's opinion about live golf. All right. And it should, you are, you are free to have your own opinion. on That's what makes this country great. Unlike maybe the Saudi Arabian, <laughs> Saudi Arabia that we're talking about here. But if, if these guys are honest with us, which is the only thing I've ever clamored for is just be honest. It's that they're going for the money. That's what Kepka's going for. That's why Dustin Johnson signed a contract with the Live Golf Tour. His contract with the tour is going to pay him more money than Tiger Woods made on the PGA Tour since he broke out in 1997. Dustin Johnson's going to make more in his, what, five-year deal without even swinging a club than Tiger's made in his entire professional career on the course. Of course, Tiger's made a few more dollars from Buick and from Nike and all of that. But now the fact that Live Golf has signed eight of the top 50, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and all these players have now been suspended by the PGA Tour. You're not allowed to play. You can play in the U.S. Open because it's not governed by the PGA Tour. It's governed by the USGA. I don't know what the rules are for the British Open, which is the next major. But I think what I was reading this week is all eyes will be on the Masters, and whether or not the Masters... We'll let Patrick Reed, who's won the Masters. We'll let Brooks Kepka, who's won the Masters. We'll let Dustin Johnson, who's won the Masters. Will they let those guys in and play? Which one is Bryson DeChambeau? One? I can't even remember. Um, now, back to Kepka here for a second. It's not like he's been tearing the, the, the world of golf on, uh, you know, forever up on fire. He has, he's 84th in cup standings. He was number one in the world several years ago, but he got hurt, back, wrist, hip injuries. It happens. You know, in, in 15 starts this year, he's got a couple of top 10s, but 
in the three majors. He missed the cut at the Masters. He tied for 55th at the PGA Championship, and he was 55th last week at the U.S. Open at the Country Club outside of Boston. So, um, you know, say what you want about about Kepka and his recent history, though. I will tell you, that's a big name. That's a really, really big name. Because you know me, if you've been listening or you're new to the show or whatever, or if you know me, I'm not the world's biggest golf fan. I like the majors. I'm watching the majors. All right? When a guy's name pops up, like I was watching the, uh, I think I was watching the Masters with my brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law is a massive golf fan. My brother-in-law, Tim, huge. He's, I said, who's winning? He said, oh, Scotty Scheffler's winning. I'm like, who the hell is Scotty Scheffler? That <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound like anybody that I know. And he said he's the number one player in the world. I'm like, is he? And he looks, the cool thing about Scotty Scheffler is he just looks like any other dude. Like, you'd be like, what does that guy endorse? Or what are, who's paying him? Oh, blue-collar companies are probably paying, is what he looks like. But when a guy's name pops up like Brooks Kepka or Dustin Johnson, that's how I know it's a big name because I've actually heard of him. Because I haven't heard of a lot of golfers. Because I don't watch a lot of golf other than, you know, like I said, other than the majors. And I said last week, and I will say it again, this seems to bode very poorly. Very poorly, I think, for the PGA Tour. If in two weeks you can chop off eight of the top 50, you know, what's going to happen when the Live Tour actually starts getting people to watch it? And by the way, all of the Live Tour golfers completely bombed at the U.S. Open last week. And I think a lot of people were rooting for that. You know, the old school golf fans were definitely rooting for Phil Mickelson to puke all over himself, which he did, and for Dustin Johnson to play poorly, which he did. But I think when you start to see more guys realize that there's a heck of a lot more money over here, you're going to see some more of these names. Now, I don't know if it'll eclipse the PGA Tour. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But the PGA Tour all of a sudden better be looking when Kepka goes and DJ goes. Guys who have actually had made, I don't want to say their best golf is behind them, especially when it comes to the case of Brooks Kepka. But you're, you might start to see some more of these guys leave the PGA for greener pastures. And I don't know what the PGA can do about it. I don't know what the PGA is going to do about it. But they're starting to lose guys. They are. See, that was the big golf news of the week. They're playing in Portland, by the way. Uh, he is going to be part of the field in Portland. And for some reason, Colin Marikawa got uh, brought into this. He's fourth in the world. He denied rumors that he was planning on joining the Live Golf Tour Tweeting he's here to stay on the PGA Tour. Nothing has changed. Putting out some tweets to uh, reaffirm that he is not going anywhere. So Morikawa, as of right now, unless money talks, and money is always the deciding factor, unless money talks and takes Morikawa away from the PGA Tour, that's where he's going to be. I want to move on to something else real quick here. This may be my favorite story. So did you see the story, Kira? A Burger King employee received, well, a crappy goodie bag. He worked there for he's worked there for twenty seven years. All right, oh twenty seven years. Gosh, at a Burger King, doing what? Just working there. He's an employee, probably burgers and fries and bringing up cash and serving up sodas and whatever the case may be. I think he had perfect attendance too. Oh my gosh, which is amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they gave him a goodie bag. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. It wasn't exactly the bag that you get when you go to the Oscars. All right? Mm -hmm. It's not exactly that. The small see-through bag included a bag of Reese's, Mm. a Starbucks reusable cup, two pens, two pens, and a movie ticket. (laughs) One movie ticket for 27 years of working at Burger King. A movie ticket to what? Just like a, hey, enjoy a movie on us. It could be like to an AMC or oh, whatever. okay, okay. He's thinking fif- a specific movie. He's 54 years old. He said he's grateful for the so-called jester. He says, I'm happy about anything. I'm thankful for anything I get. I'm not that type of person. Believe me, I've been through a lot. It's a great company. You know, I've been there for 27 years. But like most big corporations, they've kind of lost touch with their workers through COVID and whatever. They started cutting out programs. We used to get checks for 20 years. And that's what I actually thought the movie ticket was. 
Not even two movie tickets? Like, you can't even <laughs> bring a friend with you? You just, just gave him one. one? I love going to the movies alone. I love it. Absolutely love it. God, you are a dad. I know. That's such a dad it's thing. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's The children that I love aren't there. Neither is my wife. It's great. I love all of them. But yeah, if I get to go to a movie alone, oh, it's fantastic. So he's a cook, he's a cashier, he works at uh, the Burger King in the Las Vegas airport. Oh my gosh, and he's in Las Vegas and that's all they could give him? <laughs> I guess that's so. so lame. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of days. Oh, okay. David Spade found out about this. The actor, the comedian, the actor, David Spade found out about this. Actor David Spade donated thousands of dollars to a Burger King employee who only received a goodie bag in recognition of his 27 years of service to the company. Of course, his name was Kevin Ford. He goes viral. I already told you what was in it. David Spade made a generous donation. All right. He started up a uh, GoFundMe for the guy, (laughs) slid into the guy's DMs on social media, and let him know that he donated $5,000. It's to the guy. A, okay. <laughs> His daughter notified him of the celebrity donation because he doesn't. He's 54. Probably doesn't do all that well with social media. Not that 54-year-olds can't do well with social media, but let's, let's let's be real here. His daughter notified him of the celebrity donation. He immediately checked his Instagram messages and learned the comedian slid into his DMs, congratulating him on all of his hard work. And Spade wrote, keep up the good work, 27 years And he responded, holy S, dude, cannot believe this. Thank you so much for watching the video. I love you, my brother. Much love and God bless. I think we might be able to take a day off. And then David Spade writes back, wait till year 30. Now his GoFundMe, currently at $40,000 the time I printed this off. Whoa. All right. He goes from a couple of pens and a movie ticket given to him by his employer at Burger King. To a down payment on a house. To 40 grand. Oh, my god, That's pretty good, right? Yeah. It's your feel-good story of the day. You can. We need a good feel-good story of the day after what happened earlier today. You can get one of those fancy electric Ford F-150s for that. I mean, you could. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you... I'm sure the you could. The kind that power your house. It's my dream car, Wicket. Is it? A little bit, yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I just want, you know how for a little bit Hummer was like, we're going to make an all electric Hummer. Yes. I just love the irony. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Still to come. You're a hockey fan. Yeah. You're a a St. Louis blues fan. Are you watching the avalanche and the Tampa Bay lightning in the Stanley cup finals? I can't. Why? Because I don't have any of the fancy services that let me do that. All right. Stick with me, kid. I'll make sure you can watch game five tonight. Uh, (laughs) You have to hear why a Colorado avalanche has been banned from attending his favorite team's games for the rest of the year of what, because of what he did on the ice. Praise be. That's next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One hundred two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket's. Trying to get through a show today after the news earlier today under his eye. Thank you for watching. If you are checking us out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, uh, Kira is on the other side. Thank you so much for hanging out. I did see a movie this week. <gasps> oh no! Yes. Was it was it Jurassic Park? You can tell me. No, I need to see that. But no, I no, have- you don't. Did you, did you see it? No, but I've heard it's bad. And That's the trailers okay. look bad. Well, look, here's the thing. <laughs> I'll get to the movie I saw here in just a second. Um, my um, my wife doesn't like going to the movies. She's just generally not interested in watching a movie. What? There, there are certain, spe- like the Harry Potter movies, because she read all the books. Um you don't know how much of my world you just shattered right I, now. I like the movies, Kara. I'll go to a movie with you. I'd go alone, too. But <laughs> my wife, Lee, doesn't like going to the movies. All right? So 
she, usually if there's a film, I go see it myself. And especially these Marvel movies, you know, all the MCU movies, she doesn't care about that stuff. Um, but the last, I think the last movie we saw together was the last Jurassic Park movie. Was it Fallen Kingdom? Was that what the name of it was? Something like that. There was like Jurassic World, and there was like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then whatever this one is. What is this one called? I don't know. Jurassic World Dominion? Yeah, is that what it is? That's Dominion? It. We saw the last one, and I laughed the, whole, the entire time because it's so bad. Like, it just wasn't very good. It's not a very good movie. It's entertainment. It's a popcorn movie. You know, there's dinosaurs, and there's bigger dinosaurs, and there's the there's bigger dinosaurs, and there's, like, some weird auction that goes on in the last one or whatever. And so I knew when this new one was coming out, that's not going to be a movie I'm going to see on my own. Because I'd see it. You know, I, dude, I watched the, the original. What's amazing about the first Jurassic Park is that it still holds water today. That movie came out. What year were you born? Uh, 95. That movie came out a year before you were born. It's a great movie. The original Jurassic Park still looks great. You know, the only thing missing from 2022 is there's no cell phones. Mm-hmm. Where you could be like, call me. <laughs> I'm uh, over. 911, there's not, a dinosaur. <laughs> not, not that I think, spoiler alert, not that I think there's great cell service on Isla Nubar. But, <laughs> you know, especially when they knock out all the power, when Nedry tries to... If you haven't seen the first one, I'm not ruining anything. If when Nedry tries to steal the samples and get them up to the boat, he knocks out all the power in the whole place. So, I, I mean, to me, the journey we have been on, like with the Marvel movies and the Infinity Saga, it was an 11-year journey to get to the end of Avengers Endgame. And now here we are in Phase 4, right? The Jurassic World, Jurassic Park series has been going since 1994. You had the second one, which was terrible. And then you had the third one, which was kind of good, but not great. Then they redid it with Chris Pratt, you know. So I've been on this journey for 30 years, it feels like. And I want to see it. Okay. Even, even though the last one was so bad. The writing <laughs> was so bad. And I'm not some movie snob. I just know that it, it didn't. Lee got up from that film, my wife, and she said, that was great. And I'm like, are you serious? You thought that movie was great? <laughs> like, take the here's another example of our film, the differences in film between my wife and I. One night, I think we were we were pregnant, so we weren't doing anything. All right, and she's like, "You get to pick the first movie," and I picked Black Klansman. Ooh, it's great! I've seen it several times. Absolutely love it. It's terrifying, especially on a day like today. It's a terrifying film about the reality of what happened. And if you don't know, um, a guy goes undercover, a black guy, um, well, well, what? A cop, right? A, a cop goes undercover inside the Ku Klux Klan back in the day, to tr- and, and he tries to get all this information. It's terrifying that some of it still exists today in the year 2022. But I digress. We got done with it for the first time, and I was just wide-eyed. Stoic. I couldn't believe what I had just watched. That Spike Lee joint was great. I look over at her, and she's like, hated it. Come on! <laughs> hated it? How did you hate it? And I said, all right, you get to pick the next movie we watch. She picked the all-female cast of the Ghostbusters remake. <laughs> With Kristen Wiig and all the Saturday Night Live alum, and I'm like... A solid, okay movie. was terrible. Movie. That movie was not good. <laughs> they tried to use the star power of the SNL, and I love all the actresses that were in that film, but the movie was really bad. So I, I do want to see it. I do want to see the new Jurassic Park movie. But I think that's going to be one of those where I need to get a babysitter so Lee and I can go together and see it. So if anybody wants to come watch my kids, all three of them, <laughs> for three <laughs> hours, please. You know, we'll, well, I'll, we'll take it. We will take it. No, I saw Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Yeah, I finally saw Top Gun Maverick. Um, went Wednesday over to the Cinemark. My dad said that was great. Top Gun Maverick, and I'm not prisoner of the moment here. (laughs) Top Gun Maverick is the closest thing, the closest sequel to being better than the original since The Godfather 2. And The Godfather 2 is the greatest sequel ever. Have you seen The Godfather or The Godfather 2? When I was 
too young to remember anything. Okay. All right. <laughs> I recommend jumping back in. But uh, Get on that horse again. I remember quoting the movie to my mom. Quoting The Godfather? Yeah. How old were you? I don't know. Maybe like three. You were three years old quoting The Godfather. Yeah, because my, like... Like you and Lee, you know, my dad was stuck with me, but he wanted to see The Godfather. So, di- did he take you to the theater? No, he didn't. You're too young. That movie came out in the 70s. Well, he had what? The movie. It the- must have been like a reshowing then, and he just wanted to see it in the theater. I think so. Your dad took your father. Yeah. Took you to see The Godfather when you were three, when they were reshowing it again yeah. in a movie theater. I think so. Okay. All right. Well, All right, Kira. I was I was three. It wasn't like he could do anything with me. He couldn't like sit me in the lobby and say, there you go. Wait here. I, uh, I took my three-year-old to see the Polar Express. <laughs> a way more terrifying movie. It is kind of scary, actually. <laughs> it is. No, uh, but, but Top Gun Maverick, and because uh, Godfather 2, I think, is better than the original Godfather. If you read the book, by the way, the original written by Mario Puzo, it's both movies into one. They just oh. took the book and they split it in half. Okay. And you kind of jump back and forth. So they were ahead of the curve. Yeah. With that with yeah. that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great book. If you ever get a chance to read it. I mean, if you've seen the movies, you love the movies. There's more in the book, obviously. But the movies are fantastic. But Top Gun Maverick, as a person, and I think, I believe, I have seen Top Gun more than any other movie in my life. The original Top Gun. I love that movie. It will never, so many people are like, oh, the new one's better than the original. No, because it's right here. It's in my heart. All right. Top Gun is in my heart. The original Top Gun was fantastic. This movie is as good as, it is so amazing. What they did really well, A, it doesn't drag. And I will give you zero spoilers. I promise I won't ruin anything. It, It never drags. There's never a point when you're like, all right, let's get on. Let's get back to the dogfighting. Let's get back to the Navy stuff. Let's get back to the this. There's there's never a point where it drags. There is a little predictability in the film, especially towards the end, but it's a Hollywood popcorn film. You know, it's a blockbuster. You, you know, woohoo, America. But my favorite part of Top Gun Maverick was how perfectly they intertwined the references to the original. And there's so much... And, you know, sometimes they overdo it, and sometimes there's not enough. But there were so many times where lines were brought back, like, talk to me, Goose, the most famous line from the movie, talk to me, Goose, uh, the buzz, the tower, fly by, there's a recall to that. You know, if you watch the the, the, the the volleyball scene in the original when they're singing, we're in the song uh, Playing With The Boys. Playing with the boys. Kira, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but there's a reference to that in a different scene. They're not playing volleyball, but like when they spin the ball on the finger, it's just like when Val Kilmer or Slider, I can't remember which one, if it was Iceman or Slider, spun the ball on the finger. You know, Val Kilmer's in the movie for a, a few minutes because he can't talk. Did you know that? No. Val Kilmer is very ill. I think he has throat cancer. And uh, based on his religion, he was not able to seek the care that would have helped his throat. So he is pretty much nonverbal these days. So the way that they got, they, what they actually did, they took his voice from whatever movie and they basically CGI'd it because you can do that now. Wow. You can take a clip, you know, from a thing, make it sound a little older, a little scratchier because they've all aged in the film and then they can create dialogue with it. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Terrifying. You can actually do that with the next generation of Amazon Alexas. The, uh-huh. next, the Echoes. So if you want, like, let's say your grandparent is getting old and you want your grandparent to be the voice of your Alexa. No. Or... <laughs> That's so scary. That is... Kira, you answered rather quick on that. That is Black Mirror. That is so scary, Wicked. And they will take a 60-second clip of whoever. I mean, you could record Samuel Jackson's voice off a YouTube thing and they will create an entire Echo uh, vocabulary out of it. No. No, just no. No. <laughs> there were some times in the Top Gun film, in Top Gun Maverick, that I wanted 20 more minutes or two more minutes to explain how we got from point A to point B. It's like I saw Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. It's one of the only films in Top Gun Maverick, maybe the next, that I wish it was 20 minutes longer. 
it would have built character more. It would have explained a little bit more. A little bit more dialogue wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. But if you can go see Top Gun Maverick, everybody, did you see anybody that said a negative word about Top Gun Maverick? No. No, that's the thing. That rarely happens. I mean, movies make hundreds of millions of dollars, and there's always those three people on your social media feed who are like, there's always like Ain't the it. four and a half stars. Yeah. Or there are people who are like, ah, oh, this was crap. Yeah. No one has said that about Top Gun Maverick. And they're all right. I give it completely two thumbs up. Uh, there's so much good. There's so many good references to the past and they bring it back. And the dogfighting, the, 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 the aerial combat, it's all real. It's not CGI. It's real. Like the flying is real. They're not blowing planes up. But like, it's all re- like Tom Cruise is flying a plane. They, he spent his own money to rent the F-18s that they use in the movie. It's so amazing. It's so very very cool. I have a blog about it coming up as well. I'll put it at ESPNDesMoines.com very soon. Uh, still to come, I will get to this NHL story. I promised you. A fan got banned for what he did to the ice at an Avalanche game. We'll close with that next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Praise be under his eye. Here on a historic day in the United States. I will not... Be going down that rabbit hole if you want to know what I truly feel about today's Supreme Court ruling. Message me on socials, at Mike Wicket, all over. Kira, you're a hockey fan. Love hockey. Love hockey. You see the story out of Denver? Uh, A guy by the name of Ryan Clark, he is a massive Colorado Avalanche fan. So he's having a a good run, you know? Mm -hmm. He's having a pretty good time these days because the Lancer are about to close out the Lightning. By the way, I got crushed. Sidebar. (laughs) <laughs> um, I was doing the morning show. I, I do the morning show on a rock station here in town, Laser 103.3, with my partner, Heather. And I was talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. And I said, well, the Lance are up two games to none or two games, whatever it was. And I had people messaging me. And they were like, who's the Lance? They're called the Abs. Yeah. I've never, I, I have been watching hockey since the Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche back in 1995. All right. As a Red Wings fan, I grew up in, in the Detroit area. As a Red Wings fan, I hate the Colorado Avalanche. Or I hated the Colorado Avalanche because that was the rivalry. It was Patrick Waugh and Chris Osgood. And all, that was like my indoctrination into the hockey world was that rivalry. And everybody called them the Lanch and the Avs and the Avalanche. So you're our hockey expert on this show, Kira. Uh, well, sure. <laughs> you're the hockey expert, Kira. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Am I wrong to call them the Lanch? I've never heard anyone else call them the Lanch. Really? Ever. Uh, I call them the Avs. Right. Maybe I- maybe there's like a pie chart, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> it, I'm from Missouri, so, you know. Missouri. At, yeah, at some point it, along the Missouri River, Missouri starts, beco- starts becoming Missouri. Oh, God, yeah. So, you know, there's, maybe there's like a pie chart here. Lanch versus Avs versus the whole thing. I feel like they're all interchangeable. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. The Lanch. Maybe it's the Red Wings who call them the Lanch because they want to be called the Avs. They, 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 I mean, they also call them the Assalanche. Yeah. Like there was a yeah. lot. There was, you can find all the <laughs> the nicknames I'm not real, really supposed to say. You can find all those <laughs> on the Internet. Uh, but getting back to this story, a guy by the name of Ryan Clark is a diehard Colorado Avalanche fan, and he has been banned from attending games for the rest of the season. He was banned from the rest of this season because he was caught spreading ashes onto the rink. (laughs) He and his buddy were huge Avalanche fans. They started buying season tickets back in 2018, 2019. And at a game on January 8th, so what, five months ago, five and a half months ago, he went up to the glass, and he was honoring his friend, 
who passed away shortly before Christmas, just a couple of days before Christmas last year. And he poured some of his ashes over the glass and onto the ice. And the usher comes down to him and says, what was that? And, then, and he re responds to the usher by saying, I got to be honest with you, it was my friend. And the usher said, what do you mean? Well, he passed away. Yesterday was his service, and I spread some of his ashes out there. Clark was then brought uh, to the arena's concourse. He spoke with security. He was escorted out of the building. He says, I know what I did was considered wrong. I owned up to it the second that it happened. He then went home. A couple of days later, he got a letter in the mail from the Colorado Avalanche, from the Lanch. They informed him he was not welcome at Ball Arena for any Avalanche games for the remainder of the season. And that, of course, was before he knew how good the Lanch were going to be playing, the Avs were going to be playing here in the postseason. And they are currently up three games to one in the Stanley Cup final. He said he would still do it over again. There are certain policies out there that I understand. You can't dump a beer or popcorn or your hot dog over the glass. And I understand for reasons why. Player safety has to be factored in at every decision that you make. There absolutely has to be that. And I, and I totally get that. But sometimes, don't you have a heart? Yeah. But I know it's... See, but I... I this is where I both sides myself out of my own argument. <laughs> and I hate this. Because I've been doing this so long, I always see both sides of an argument. Or I often see both sides of an argument. And I can argue both sides. Like, Kara, if you were going to tell me that you were just livid that they would kick this guy out and ban this guy, I would be like, well, one guy starts doing it. And then what? Then it's, you know, is it a cup of sand from a beach where I used to that I wanted to bring back where my dad and I used to play golf as a, from the sand trap. I wanted to dump that, that over. Like, it has to be a zero tolerance. I absolutely understand that. And it sucks because I think this dude had great intentions. He and his buddy were best friends. He was the best man at his wedding. They bonded over their love of hockey. The guy that passed away eats, sleeps, breathes hockey. Probably eats, sleeps, and breathes Colorado Avalanche hockey. He said, if we were still here, we'd be at the stadium doing what we had to to get those $1,000 tickets to sit up on top. Um, he believes that his friend is now watching over the Avalanche as they fight to bring the Stanley Cup uh, trophy to Denver. He writes, I'd like to think that in my heart that, yeah, he's out there flying with those guys down on the ice when one of the other guy gets it from the other team. He's throwing that extra elbow up the glass there to get them back. It's been fantastic to talk about him. Because the last few months have just been this or that. And when the playoffs hit, that's when I wish he was here. I really, really wish he was here at this Aww. point. I know. Kind of a kind of a downer story. I hope that ban's not permanent. It says, the story I read out of Denver says the ban is just for the year. Okay. So I would think next fall when the season begins, and in all likelihood when the Avalanche are hoisting the cup, maybe he can be there on opening night celebrating for heat and his and his, uh, and his friend who passed away. All right, what do you want, golf or football? Ooh. I've done a lot of golf already. Yeah, give me All some right. football. All right. Football. Uh, this one was uh, West Des Moines, where I live. We're getting a Top Golf, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> you live in West Des Moines, Jordan Creek, and Mill Civic Parkway. We are getting a Top Golf. Uh, so if you have been to an Iowa football game, you know that between the first and second quarter, the wave happens, not the wave where they go around the stadium, but because the children's hospital is right there, everyone stands up. They play wave on wave from Pat Green. Everybody turns and you wave to the kids Aww. in the children's hospital. They're either at the glass if they're able to do so. Maybe they have window seats in their windows in their room where they're seated or they're in beds and they're unable to get up or whatever. It's only been around for five years. But people already have it as one of the top five traditions in college football. And it probably is. It's very, very cool that they do it. Since 2019, check that. Since 2009, they've had a kid captain at the Hawkeye Games. And that is a kid who has been in that hospital, may still be in and out of the hospital, but is out of the hospital, gets to be the, you know, the captain for the game. Very, very cool, right? Well, this year, they are going to be allowing the kid captain to be picking the song 
that gets played when the wave happens. So the first quarter ends, the kid probably gets walked out to, you know, the 50-yard line or whatever, where he's going to go. I don't know what the plan is for this year. Uh, And then the whole crowd, you know, if you're on one side, you turn around and they wave. So now that the kid gets to pick the music that gets played. How neat is that? Just how awesome is that? Because that's got to be the highlight, you know, besides surviving whatever put him in that hospital. That's the highlight of his life. But if you're an Iowa fan and the kid is probably a big Iowa fan, big Hawkeye fan, now he gets to pick the song. Let the kids decide. That's what Peter Mathis said. The response for a new song was incredible. And one suggestion we continue to hear was let the kids decide. So that is exactly what we're going to do. He's the vice president for external relations and senior advisor to the president. He went on to say the children are the true heroes, so the choice is theirs. That is something we can all agree on, and I cannot thank our fans enough for their input, engagement, and generosity. So mm-hmm. next time you go to an Iowa game, you'll get to see, you know, the kid the kid captain come out at the, the, the time of the wave, picks the music, everybody cheers, everybody waves. I would play a wave on the air, but here's what it sounds like. <laughs> so it doesn't really work well on the radio. Kira, I have to commend you, and I have to commend me. We, we at least, we did it. We, we filled an hour. We got, we got away from the decisions that have come down from our government uh, for an hour to talk sports. <laughs> so, I hope that you have yourself a uh, a wonderful time the rest of this weekend. I'm actually awful next week, so I will not see you next week. I'm not going anywhere. We are actually going to be taking a week off to spend the whole week with our kids. It's because our nanny is going to Texas for the week. So, so Lee and I are both going to be taking care of the babies for the entire week. That is our plan for awesome. for some, nine days of no nanny. Nine days of no nanny. I will uh, pray for me. Yeah, pray for me yeah. somehow. Praise mm-hmm. be under His eye. May the Lord open or whatever it is. It's just one of those <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, We're out. <laughs> 